welcome to The Truth In This Art. I am your host, Rob Lee, and I am thrilled to be in conversation with my next guest, a digital artist, independent curator, and creative director based in Washington, D.C. Please welcome Megan Clank. Welcome to the podcast. Hi. So great to be here. Yes, thank you. You know how I said I was going to give you just welcome to the podcast and I gave you the actual introduction? <laughs> yeah. I troll a little bit. I like to troll just sometimes. That's okay. That's the first time I've ever heard anything about myself be spoken to me, so that was nice. Well, so, some people have like taken that, just that part of the podcast, right? <laughs> and they then just they clicked said, it? Yes. <laughs> I was like, wow, a little, a little offensive, but all right. Uh so again, thank you for for coming on and, and making the time. And for for starters, um, could you tell us a little bit about yourself and maybe you know some something within your background that you know has some impact on what you're doing today? Like, um, you know, I always look back at when I was in high school. I was that jerk in ninth grade with the little click microphone. Hey, so tell me about your year. And I was like, that's me podcasting at like fourteen, and that's something that has been there for me for a long time. So share a little bit about yourself. Yeah, so um, I kind of took a really convoluted way to get to where I am now. Um, I went to school for physics and engineering. That was kind of my initial like initial um, pathway. And then I just wasn't really feeling like fulfilled and I did not understand how I was going to pursue an entire career for the rest of my life and feel emotionally and spiritually fulfilled in what I was doing for a living, which is really important to me. Um, sure. I worked in restaurants my whole life. My parents are professional chefs and my mom's also an artist. So having kind of a creative job was always something that I thought about, but never really implemented in my life. Um, so I definitely think my mom had a huge role in kind of my childhood. Like I grew up with Van Gogh, Starry Night trim in my kitchen. Like that's literally what, you know, those old like nineties, yeah. 2000 borders. Um, and I got to the middle of college and I was like, I just don't, this isn't, this isn't doing it for me. Um, and so I added an art history class and that was kind of it. And I felt like that really leveraged me to the point where I realized that just because I'm not a visual artist in the sense where I'm not a sketcher, I don't make like beautiful, you know, drawings. I can't draft. Um, right. doesn't mean I'm not an artist. I'm just an artist in a different way. So it took me a while to get there. Um, but now I'm kind of at that point where I, understand how to utilize my creativity and harness it in non-traditional like fine arts. Thank you. Thank you. Mm -hmm. um, I think it's, it's interesting when we are able to, you know, have that, that opportunity. And sometimes we might get it early. Sometimes we might get it late of this is the thing you should be pursuing. This is actually your calling. Like, you know, me, me doing this, like I've been podcasting since 2009. Um, Wow. And, yeah. <laughs> uh, too long, some might say. And uh, but also, uh, you know, that was like two years into me having sort of the, hey, do the safe thing. Go after this marketing background, this marketing job. Right. And had a marketing job and I was making a lot of money and it was doing really well. But I wasn't fulfilled, you know, creatively, as you, you were touching on um, spiritually, creatively, the whole gambit. And I want to say I was like, I turned like 24 and I was like, look. I need to do something creative because I kept like, like craving that, you know? Mm -hmm. So, that, that you know, you know, 100%. <laughs> so that, that brings me to sort of this next pair of questions. Um, I'm going to hit you with part A and then part B is coming right after fast and furious. Okay. Uh, so describe your current work. So I am 
kind of all over the place right now. Um, but my actual current job title and what I do um, is I work in creative marketing. I work for a lifestyle brand um, in DC. It's called Versus. So we own um, restaurants, rooftop bars, clubs, venues. Um, but we also own our own creative marketing agency as well as a product venture. So we release products um, and we do all the marketing in-house for ourselves, for our own venues, for our clients, and then for our products. So it's kind of a way to truly be able to utilize creative marketing in all different fields. I get to still have that restaurant background. I get to still do branding for you know different products and then as well as different places around DC and New York and different brands, restaurants, you know, and I feel that that fulfills my kind of curatorial itch that I had when yeah. I went to grad school for uh, curatorial practice. Um, and I love, I love what I do. I, I really never expected to be in marketing. I have no background in marketing at all. I don't have a single ounce of it. Um, and I kind of got this job on a whim. Someone, someone found me and thought I would be decent at it. So I gave it a shot and it really is like, I hate to say this, but like, I believe it's like what I'm meant to do. Um, cause it utilizes all of the things that I think that I am good at, not things that I wanted to do things that I really am just naturally it's effortless instead of trying to like pull it out of me. I felt that's what I was doing before. I was like really struggling to try and feel physics. Like I just wanted to do it. I wanted to be good at it, but it like, wasn't, it wasn't it for me. So I'm glad that this feels like I'm, I come to work and I enjoy being here. Yeah. It's a square peg round hole. It's like, yeah, I'm yeah. Shape, but I don't think I'm going to fit in there. I'm yeah. not. Mm -mm. And I wanted to. So, and it was like, I put all my time into this one thing and I felt like if I didn't do it, I was a failure if I just didn't pursue that. But that's not true. I mean, we all, people get degrees and random things. People have like 10 jobs until they find the one thing that they really like. So, yeah. you know, you learn as you get older. <laughs> Yeah. And, and I mean, going, going to it, like, you know, I, I, like I, I had the day job as well and, you know, I do this in a day job and they're like both comp competing interests. And, but really I started off in, in marketing for like a big, you know, telecommunications company and did that for the first five years of my career in that DMV, you know, mm -hmm. spring earlier. And, uh, and over the last like 10 years, I've been in higher ed. I didn't think I was oh. going to be in higher ed. You know, it was like I'm doing like analysis in higher ed. I'm doing data projects within higher ed, like in registration and in the registrar's office for for school. And that's great. Totally left brain, right brain. One hundred percent. And it's it's funny because, you know, being like a data professional, like during that time and, you know, the, 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 the telecom company and even in my current role. Yeah, I'm using that skill set in addition to creativity, like, um, you know, presenting maybe, you know, st st storytelling with the data in a certain way or what have you, or on the other side of it, being able to use my data background to speak on the analytics, speak on ROI, then and inform the decisions I might make. So the part B to that question, define creativity. What is What does creativity mean to you? So I'm so glad you asked those in, in sequence because um, I have this idea to me that creativity is really, I think it's obviously, it's a multifaceted concept. I don't think it's really something that you can truly um, give a solid definition. It's going to be different per person. Mm -hmm. um, 
But, you know, when you apply a non-traditional set of skills, like what you're talking about, when you come from a certain background and you apply, you apply those set of skills into something else, that is creativity. You're just reworking a new idea, um, you're either creating a new idea or you're reworking something else and finding a different way to utilize something in just a non-traditional sense. Um, and, you know, it could be a state of being for some people. Some people are just blessed and are, you know, creative 100% of the time. And I don't think I'm necessarily one of those people. I think it it comes in certain aspects for me. It is kind of taking one thing and placing it somewhere where it, it you know, traditionally shouldn't be and, and making them work. Thank you. Uh, that's, that's, that's a great answer. I think it sounds like that's what you do, too. Definitely. <laughs> Definitely sounds like we're in the same role of creativity. Yeah. I mean, and it, it's one of those things where you, you see it, you get exposed to something early. Um, and, you know, that's why I asked that that introductory question of, like, what are some of those things that are within that origin story? Because that's the thing you might tap back in. I was like, oh, no, no, that definitely has some bearing on what I'm doing or why I'm doing it now. Yeah. So. You know, from, you know, your vantage point, your role, talk about your like process of like how you come up with like maybe a campaign or like working collaboratively or to, to break down like what your process looks like. Yeah. So um, kind of different with when I am at work and working in creative marketing is totally different process than I than I do when I am curating or creating my own work. I like to be very independent in that mindset. I really like to have my own field and just really kind of like figure everything out on my own, get my alone time and, you know, um, and like hunker down. Um, but when it comes to creative marketing, I think collaborating with other brains, like brainstorming is the most important part of my creative process. Um, I have a really, really valuable team. Everyone on my team, I think fits in a perfect piece of a puzzle right now. And which is very, very rare that you get that opportunity. And I think that we all it's just the jumping point of one thing. It's like someone says something that doesn't really make sense, but that something makes sense to me. And then I can move forward with it. And the next person puts it together. Um, so honestly, I would just being with other people in a room. And that's always been true for me. Um, just talking, <laughs> just, just running my mouth for a bit is the best thing for me to kind of, to get a point of where I want to go. Cause eventually you'll get to that point. You just have to keep, keep pulling it out. Yeah. It's uh, and, and I see uh, see Micah in the background too, right? So you know, there's there yeah. that local connection. So I, I like that. Um, and I, I I'll say is that this you know I find that in getting started in any sort of creative pursuit, you know, it's always a challenge for me. Whether it's hey, I'm going to do a podcast on this. Sometimes you you think it's really easy. Like I think that I can just start talking. And I discovered something a couple weeks ago where I just really couldn't get into it. So. You know how I did that intro earlier when we started off, I was having trouble even doing my intro and I was like, oh, this is new. And I realized like, you know, when I'm asked to do, let's say, a speaking gig or, or, or doing something in front of an audience, it's I know it's stage, right? I know it's a little bit of that, but also it's kind of like I always have trouble getting started and then I just mm -hmm. find my way. So within you know, the full scope of the, the process for you, where do you have the most trouble, which is, you know, which is most difficult, which is the most challenging for you within that whole sort of spectrum of the process? The start, for sure. I agree. I think that that's like, I think most of the world would agree with you there. Um, it's just like, when you have, if you've ever been given a prompt, and so much easier when they say, write a paper about this, instead of saying, write a paper about anything you want. And you're like, well, suddenly I don't remember anything. 
and I, and I, I don't remember words and I don't know how to even speak. What are um, words? <laughs> it's kind of that. It's kind of that um, in the beginning phase. But I also think that kind of like climax of the creativity is where you really just start to like drop off after that. Like I have this great idea. I got the process going. And then like right before I need to finish, I'm like, oh God, I've been doing this for so long. Like what's going on? I don't know. I lost my, I lost where I'm supposed to be. Um, and that's when you kind of have to do the recoup and recovery, like, you know, recoup, recover process. And you start back at the beginning. Okay. Brainstorm again. Like let's, let's figure it out, which happens often actually in our field of work is the, the middle of the road. We're stuck yeah. back to phase one. What did we initially say? What were our initial goals? Let's build off of that. We got lost somewhere. Mm-hmm. That, that that makes so much sense. Like I, I'll say when I'm doing this, and you know, I have a people say North Star. I don't like it. I don't like North Star as much. But I just for for simplicity's sake, you know, you have the North Star. You have whatever your your guiding principle is. You have your why. You know why mm-hmm. you're, whatever the activity is. And I I think when we get into it, maybe it's you know doing a lot, doing so many different things, and kind of just steady poking at this one particular part of the process that we're we're trying to work through. We somehow get lost. And then like like what you're describing, you have to go back to it. So I always have like scraps of paper, like different notes, or even I'll listen to maybe old interviews that I'm like, that has me super excited. So when I'm going back through and it's like, all right, like writing questions, that's the start for me. You know, not even booking the yeah. guests, but writing yeah. questions and like, let me research them. I'm excited to learn more, but this is the work part. And sometimes I'm like, oh, I don't have a lot of confidence in these questions or mm, what are we doing here? But eventually, you know, you kind of get back into that that flow and it's like, oh, I remember why I do this. So right. sometimes it might be inserting maybe like this is what I was thinking. And I'm very curious about that with this particular guest. Yeah, I think we're all just so guilty of that. Like if you don't leave yourself breadcrumbs to find your way back home, you nice. just you have to <laughs> you're going to you're going to get lost. Um, and it's just natural, especially in the creative process. I mean, like movies is a great example. People will film in a couple months and then they'll sit for two years and edit a movie because they just can't figure out what they want. And, you know, what was your initial storyline? And it changes. And, and that's a huge part of the process is that what you initially set out to do might not be what your final result is because creative process is constantly changing and, and ebbs and flows. So it's kind of, you just have to figure out like what, what feels right (laughs) and it's like a full gut feeling of all right this is not what we initially wanted to do but i know this is going to work and and that's one of the reasons the breadcrumbs and you know for those i'm sorry for those keto people out there uh (laughs) not i (laughs) i i I find that i rather when i'm writing down any notes when i'm in that sort of ideation incubation phase i like to i like to have it on paper sticky notes literally sticky note the wall yeah because you 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 might go through and like let me scratch this out but it's still some remnants of it there you might look back like why did i scratch that out oh i couldn't do it then but now i can do it you're losing part of maybe the thinking that goes along with it if you're doing something purely digital and capturing like the thinking that goes into it you know it's like you know, I find most people aren't doing the, uh, what is it? The, uh, when you're in like Google drive or your Google docs and it shows like, this has been edited here. You're just deleting yeah, it. Deleting it. Yeah. <laughs> Edit. And your mark is resolved. That's what it is. The mark is resolved. Like, no, I need to know what I said. So I, I read, I read that a creative pursuit is often connected with something missing. 
you know, that, that sort of burning desire to fill a void. Um, you know, for instance, there was not enough awareness, I think, about Baltimore artists and culture in, in a true sense, not like, hey, you know, crime, moving on, but really yeah. like showing a little bit of everything that goes on in a city. And I think the same thing can be said about many places. And often I feel like, you know, I just want something to exist. I don't have to be the person attached. If there's a good idea, it should be out there. So, you know, what have you learned about yourself during your sort of creative journey? Like, you know, was it a, a burning desire that needed to be filled in all of the other things that you might be doing in addition to your creative marketing work? Tell me about that. Yeah. Um, so I think I, and I touched on it earlier, but I, I'm not a drawer. Um, I'm not, I cannot just sit down and sketch, you know, a tree from life or sit in the National Gallery and like, you know, sketch out a painting. That's just not, that's not how I work. Um, and my mother was that way. So for me, I was always in this kind of comparison of like, that's, that's art. She went to art school and I was looking and I'm like, well, she's just so much better than I am, but she's really good at things that I'm not good at, but I'm really good at things that she's not good at. Um, and I think that I kind of, I learned that I truly am very creative and, and people around me consider me to be creative, but I didn't consider myself to be a creative until I was like 22, um, until I was really in the position of like applying for art school. Mm -hmm. um, and once I got to that spot and I got to art school, I was like sitting with all these people and we were all creative in really different ways, yeah. which is okay. And it touched on earlier, you know, creativity is not one. I don't think there's one meaning of creativity. I don't think you were either like good at singing or good at drawing or good at curating. You can be good at little things here and there. And that's how I feel like I best am able to utilize my creativity. Um, and I just think it was, a, it was a really hard process for me to like swallow that I am not ever going to be a Hofburger painter. And that's not, that's not who I am. Um, yeah. And that's okay but I am creative in different ways. And that was a really important process for me to learn. Yeah. I, you know, I, I find that I'll have a conversation with someone and, and, you know, you, you may listen to, we had that comparison thing that happens, right? You might listen to someone's like, wow, you do it. You do this in a different way than mine. And we almost do that comparison thing of mm -hmm. yours might be better or whatever. And really, I, I think you you came to a, a good illumination there. You just have to kind of accept like, this is what it is. And I'm creative in this way. I approach my work in this way. And, you know, when I'm doing this, there's so many different like cooks in the kitchen. Hey, you should do Absolutely. video. Hey, you should do it in this way. Hey, you should do it that way. I was like, nah, I want to see my vision through. And, you know, and, and as you were touching on earlier, so you're always kind of playing with what that process might look like. I might do it a little different this time. I might incorporate this. Like the rapid fire questions weren't always a part of the podcast. And I was like, let me include that. Because I think, one, I, I enjoy seeing people squirm because it's funny. Uh, it's terrible. the truth. It's the truth of what comes out. <laughs> but, but also, I, I want to, you know, kind of highlight, you know, the guests and what they're, what they, who they are outside of just purely what they do. Because I right. find, like, a lot of interviews are just, tell me about your work. And, you know, the, the interviewer just wants to get through their battery of questions. And there's really nothing extra there. Mm-hmm. Yeah. yeah, it's not it's not a conversation. I mean, it's more it's not dialogue. It's it's like literally scripted. And I think we do that often, especially in the creative world. We we try and we have these like very strict ideas and we, we want to get, you know, we just want to get through it. But if you don't let yourself feel uncomfortable in your process, you're not going to grow.
And, and I learned that very early. And and this episode, speaking of scripts, is brought to you by. No I'm kidding, I'm kidding. <laughs> <laughs> but no, no, no. That that's something I I've, I've read recently. Actually, um, it was a person that was comparing going through your creative process. Like he he is in his book. He he described it as like going through hell, like going through a fight, and. I, I, I won't go as, as that far with it, but I will say I think it's very similar to taking on a, especially when you're learning something new, doing a, a new exercise regimen. Yeah. Eventually, you're going to be good at lifting this weight, or you're going to have more flexibility and mobility. But when you start off, you're going to you're going to probably suck at it, you know. But you know what works for you. You know, it works for your body composition or how you go about, you know, whatever that 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 process is. Yeah, absolutely. And I think there's no, I think there's no harder, there's no harder person to fight than yourself. So I think that's kind of what happens a lot of times when you're, when you're alone, especially as artists, you know, that's, and that's why I say, I'm so blessed to have a team of people to help me be creative at all times. Even if you think what you're saying isn't creative, it's a jumping off point for something. And we're all kind of using one brain, but when you're by yourself and you're stuck in your own mind and your creative process, it can get messy really fast because you're, it's you versus you. <laughs> so, so set the set the stage again. Like, you know, what does that that sort of look like? the The ideation process, that brainstorming process within the team. Are there any things that are are present that help stimulate like the creativity? You know, is music playing? Is it like okay, everyone wear green today? Green is is a color of inspiration. Uh, you know, is there certain activities to kind of help things like work? Tell me, tell me about that. Yeah. So I think um, the most important thing for us, I think, is being really comfortable in who we are Mm -hmm. all individually as people and in the room. Um, We don't really have any constraints, which I think is is huge in our creative process. A lot of, you know, we're a pretty non-traditional workplace where there's a lot of places where you come in and you're wearing a suit and tie and, (laughs) you know, you might have to sit down with a group of people. And I it's not, it's not the same as we sit there and we might be, I may be eating and someone else might be, you know, have something going on. And, you know, we're all kind of in a different vibe and whatever our day is, we all come in as, as we are for that day. And I think that's really helpful is to just let us be relaxed in who we are and figure it out instead of having this really uptight environment. And that's where I feel like, especially in um, creative workspaces, it yeah. gets really hindered. It. It puts a it almost arrests the person to not show up as, as, as their full selves. And I think you're leaving something on the table when you you set up things like that. And it's almost this. It's, it's like a thing that my, my partner throws out there. It's like, um, I don't like organized fun. I it feels and like that. <laughs> totally, totally. It totally feels like organized fun. And there is organization in the workplace. Absolutely. And there are there are rules and there need to be rules. Um, but when it comes to, we, you know, we have creative meetings, we have creative marketing meetings and we all sit down and we come with kind of a jumping off point. Hey, here's, here's what we have. Here's what we're, here's what we're thinking about. And then we talk about it and go through it. And then we figure out eventually we get to the, you know, what we want. Um, but we come prepared, but we just never really know what's going to actually come out of that because we're all, we're all different. And we all come out with, <laughs> with something different that day and in, in the room. And I think that's, you know, it, it kind of reminds me of like initially that I think that concept was like initially born in a in a major workplace and like Google, like people yeah. always talked about how crazy it was. Like you could have your dog there and like, you know, there is there's food available for everyone. And it because it's it's this kind of laissez faire environment that makes you feel like it's not you're not pressured, but you you want to do it. You want to be there. You want to do that. 
And that goes back to, I want to be working. I love this job. I didn't want to feel like I'm sitting and like, I have to go to my nine to five. Right. That, uh, that vibe reminds me of, uh, I had an experience. I was working briefly for like a marketing, like a, like it was a startup and they had like this sort of hangout space and then they had the mm-hmm. office and the hangout space was really chill. So, and I was, I was a contractor. So I was just, you know, I was kind of like barely an employee, but I just remember it was one dude that I shared an office with. Cause you know, when you're a contractor, they're trying to find you space and he just kept playing like like the same like 80s butt rock all the time and then like just lifting weights and i was like what are we doing but the main it's thing that process I, I hated it um <laughs> just like a five eight guy just getting it and um and and i would um every morning i remember and this is why i remember this job so fondly i would come in and there was like, like not like vending machines, it's like, I guess like large ice boxes that would have any beverage you wanted. And, you know, they were kind of encouraging people to stay around. It was a very chill environment. And I for sure, it makes you I, stay around. Oh, yeah. I'm gonna get my salsa water every morning. It's like, yeah, let me get that, um, let me get that blueberry bagel real quick. You know, it was like that every Yeah, morning. exactly. And it was developing sort of this culture. And then it got bought up by a larger company or what have you, and that's gone. But, that's the sort of, I think you're not in a rush. You're, you know, if you come in, you stroll in, you know, you might have your dog with you. I've seen a lot of that different stuff. It's a different setup. And I think, you know, the the way people are, are now coming out of like, you know, the pandemic or shifting into this different phase of the, of the pandemic, because it's not over. Um, I think, you know, people are looking for more of that. People are yeah. looking for more oh, for of that sure. sort of setup because, that balance is skewed. You know, you have, people, you have some people working partially remote, partially, you know, in the office and this sort of notion of, all right, everyone meeting. And then it's just like, we're not getting anything done. We're yeah. not getting anything done, guys. <laughs> and it's like time and it's totally like time and place. Like I said, there's obviously we have to get things done. Yeah. And, you know, you have meetings, we have clients, we also service clients. Um, so we have things that, that need to be done at 12 o'clock and they need, they need to be done at 12 o'clock. I mean, there's, there's no ifs, ands, or buts. But I think there's a, there's also a work hard, play hard aspect that, you know, you can the day before whatever, you know, say, what have you, you have a, you have a more like relaxed day. And if you're really stressed on that day, like maybe taking an hour and and walking around and getting your mind clear before you go back in and and then working, you know, staying until six o'clock that day or, you know, whatever, it's not this very uniform, you have to start at nine and you have to end at five. It's you work the hours you put in the hours you need to put in, but we're going to be productive in those hours that we are putting in. It's not like a, Hey, three of those hours, I'm staring at the wall because I don't, (laughs) I don't even want to be here. Like, and I feel like that's what happens and it's really not helpful for the creative process at all. So I think that's something that we, we really do have a, a really great environment for that. Um, and I think that's super necessary to, for creative jobs to be able to have this kind of, it's, it's really like your personal schedule is, you got to be able to work with the team, but you also have people to work with yourself <laughs> and figure out your own timelines. I'll, I'll throw this out there before I move to this next question. Um, I, I I was meeting one of my friends um, who works with a, um, a nonprofit, is a um, arts nonprofit, and 
I'm going in there and this is like her second day on the job. And she's like, yeah, come on in. I was like, okay. I was like, yeah, I don't know. I don't know if I belong here. So we go in there and the, the, the team is testing out. They're researching a new beer partnership. So they're trying all the beers that were sent to them. So that's us. That's totally <laughs> us. That's totally us. Yeah. And ultimately it's like, yo, Rob, you're part of this as well. What are your two cents? And I was like, all right, cool. Just, you know, guest marketer or what have you, guest researcher. Totally. And I will say ultimately, you know, as we came to, and this is a beer they're going to partner um, partner with the uh, the brewer to actually have that as a signature beer um, with their sort of like side project. They're going to have like an event space. And, you know, one of the things that came out of it was we got some social media content, you know, like yeah. kind of hanging in on everyone is like, oh, yeah, this was thing that, you know, some people would say that's not work, but that's actually creative work. It is. That's like and and. B-roll is, I mean, I'm in the world, I'm 24. I'm in the world of, in the world of Gen Z's. Like we, we love a quick, it doesn't need to be super high quality all the time. Sometimes it does need to be, yeah. don't get me wrong. Um, but there, there are times where like, you just learn to just record and just, just take a video of what's going on. And, and sometimes, and oftentimes those are the ones that go viral. And those are the ones that are, cause they're authentic. We mm-hmm. want to see people being authentic. You know, one thing scripted anymore. And a lot of what like traditional advertising is, is really scripted and, and not relatable at all. It's it's one of the things that's really funny in that where I I pay attention to commercials, you know, because, you know, I'm still a marketing guy at heart. And I, I look at it and when I see sort of like, oh, that's an edit of this commercial. They trimmed down something that someone found a little controversial or what have you. And I was like, but y'all were fine with that initially, though. I was like, all right, cool. All right, cool. How much, how much yeah. does that cost? <laughs> There's, I don't know. It's so interesting. People always say when I'm like, oh, I work in creative marketing. And they're like, oh, advertising. And I'm like, no. <laughs> I mean, not, not no. Like, I, I guess we do advertise our own stuff. But um, no, I'm like, that's boring. We don't do that. We do a lot cooler things than that. So, so, so tell us about some of the things that, you know, like that really have st- stuck out like recently. Um, and I know that there's a certain degree of like, I can't say everything, but, you know, tell us a few things that, you know, you've, you've worked on that you're, you know, specifically like really proud of. Yeah. Um, so I've kind of floated around the last two years. We do have a pretty, um, I've kind of floated from client and to in-house back and forth. Um, sure. so I kind of touch in both pools and, I think something that I, I really enjoy doing is being able to, well, first of all, we're, we're like doing an official company launch um, very soon, which is super exciting. We've been working hard on that for a couple of years. Um, but we launched a nightclub. We relaunched a nightclub that we owned and had closed over the pandemic to remodel. Um, hmm. And doing that campaign, it was like seeing we'd worked on it for like months and and it just felt like it was this big, like, storm cloud like we were just waiting for it to happen and waiting for it to happen and when it finally happened we all sat in this like we called it we called it like the it was like the war room we were sitting in there for hours until like eight o'clock at night and we just looked around and we're like we just did that (laughs) like we just had this baby and it, it was so incredible to know that we finally brought that to life and i'm sure you know some people are like oh it's just like a nightclub, like, you know, what's, what's that? Yeah. But to us, we really wanted to come up with something that was going to be groundbreaking and not just this non, you know, traditional marketing, which is like, everyone gets a, 
everyone gets an article and a paper and then, you know, they open whatever. And we wanted to come up with something that showed that we, you know, we're innovators, we're creators. That's what we do for our own products and for other people. Um, and that was, that was probably one of the most exciting things I've ever been a part of and something I was just felt proud. Like, I think I went home and cried. <laughs> so it's just like, God, we just did that. And to read all the comments, people that were like, yo, the marketing team, like they did that. Like whoever did the marketing rocks. And we were like, that's us. I love to hear it. That was exciting. So here, here's the thing. You've you've done very well here. I think almost all, if not, I think, no, I think all of the questions have been answered here. So rapid fire. Uh, yeah, it's time for some rapid fire questions. <laughs> <laughs> wait, wait, you got to get those. You can't just like avoid those. You can't like step over the rapid fire to move to the shameless plugs. It's like, I know. It's like you go through the fire that is the rapid fire to get to the shameless plug. I know. Cool. I know it's my time. All right. All right. And, you know, don't overthink these. Don't overthink these. Me, an overthinker. <laughs> well, aren't we all? Uh, <laughs> if you had a theme song, what would it be? Um... The Rihanna portion of all of the lights. That's 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 a good one. Just the Rihanna part. And like now that I've seen that performed live, just the Rihanna part, yeah. I would like the Rihanna part. Um I love her. I have worshipped her since I was a child. I think she's authentically herself. And I used to listen to that song. Um, unfortunately, not not all parts of that now are, you know, happy to say that that's you know, it's, that's my song. Um, but I used to listen to that walking into every study room. Every single time I would go to take a test, I would listen to Rihanna blaring yeah. in my ears. And that was like it. I just, that's my theme song. I think uh, because I've been dealing with Grant folks recently, I use a different Rihanna song. I'll let everyone else kind of parse through that one. What? <laughs> Bitch better have my mind. <laughs> oh, Oh, grant writing? <laughs> <laughs> I don't know if there's going to be video on this, but if you guys can't see me, I got my hands up. <laughs> Something I learned during my curatorial, uh, during grad school was grant writing. Uh-huh. Uh-huh. Oh, my God. Uh-huh. And that's something that you just don't know unless you know. And how do artists even do that if they have no clue how to do it? It's it's very, very interesting. Uh, part of my, you know, having a marketing background is like, I could tell a story. I can I can really paint a narrative in a certain and way. And you have to. And uh -huh. you have to. Uh, so here's the next one. Um, so money is no object in the scenario. What kind of can what kind of vacation would you like to plan? Where would it be? What would you do? I would really like to go, I would like to take my parents with me um, and I would like to go to South France and do a tour um, of the valleys and do a full like catacomb winery tour. My parents were engaged in Loire Valley um, and it's a really, it's a really special place in my head that I've never seen. Um, I just feel like it's been lingering for so long and I want to go. So, and, and I love history and obviously I love art and, and food and wine and all anything under the hospitality umbrella. So I think it's a must, it's a must. And my parents, uh, they haven't been back since they were engaged in 1997. So I think that it'd be really something I'd love to do and take them, 
take them to jail. Isn't that nice? That's, it's very sweet. Uh, when you're not working, how do you spend your time? So I'm a yoga girl. So I do yoga a lot. Um, I have a dog who is my child. <laughs> He's a black lab slash coonhound mix. Um, and I used to and still am slowly in the process of getting back into. Uh, I paint and I do digital art. I still have time for digital art. Um, it's still, it's a lot easier and a lot more accessible. I can kind of do it when I feel like doing it. I can just grab, you know, grab an iPad, grab a computer. Yeah. Um, painting's a little harder for me because I feel when I paint, I need a lot more. I don't want to feel like I'm working. And sometimes when I like try and set up to paint and get all the materials, it's like, I have to go to the store and get the stuff and come back. It's in all my own studio and it just feels like a process. Um, so my own art practice, that's, that's what I like to do. Love to hear it. This is the last one since, you know, I'm here in hospitality. You have that that background. Your, your parents are, you know, chefs and all of that good stuff. Uh, so what is an odd food combination that you enjoy that most people are like, what are you doing? What are you eating? I don't know. I don't necessarily think it's odd, but I know the Internet thinks it's odd. So Sorry. I'm going to say it. Um, have you seen people doing the like crispy cheese with the pickle? No. <laughs> Okay, so you, I love frickles, like fried pickles are my favorite. Um, they, you take a spear, a pickle spear, and yeah. then you take like shredded cheese or just a regular thing of cheddar cheese and you put it straight on the pan and you let it get hard and you put a pickle in it and then you like roll it like a little pickle burrito. Wow. And it's essentially like a, a cheese, a hard cheese coated pickle. That is, I don't think it's, I don't think it's that weird. <laughs> They're both savory. That is like, a weird inverted mozzarella stick in some ways too. Yeah. Yeah. And it's crunchy. Like people do birria tacos like that. Like they'll some yeah. some places will do like the the hard cheese on the outside. Yeah. They're like a little cheese skirt. Uh-huh. It is. It's a cheese skirt. It's a cheese coat. Jacket. So <laughs> I personally don't think it's that weird, but I wouldn't necessarily tell someone to try it and expect them to not think I'm crazy. So I <laughs> Well, one, thank you. I don't think that's completely weird. I don't know if I'm, I could be persuaded to try it. I've not had, I never had a fried pickle either. So, you know. Oh, but, that's got, you got to get in there. So, I mean, I'll throw this one out there. This is a deep cut for you. Uh, so, you know, I did my 10th anniversary uh, podcast in 2019, you know, just my start in podcasting. And uh, one of the things I revealed during that time, I, I was I was doing a bit, but it was like, what are these pickle related atrocities? And it was this like series. This is when pickled pizzas were coming out and all of that stuff. It's like, you know, it's, it's a big thing. Apparently, you know, you get these dill pickles and you put them all over pizza. We had uh, we brought pickle ice pops. Pickle juice ice pops. So I drink pickle juice, so I'd probably like it. I yeah, I'd probably like it. I'm like that pickle person. Like you the should, yeah. Yeah. You should, you should look that you should look up this uh bit from Hannibal Burris about um pickle juice. You'll, I need I will. <laughs> you'll enjoy it. I think you'll enjoy it. Uh so with that, that's pretty much everything that I have for today. But since you walked through the fire, that is the rapid fire questions. It's um, I'm going to offer the floor up and thank you, but I want to offer the floor up for you to shamelessly plug anything you'd like to plug in these final moments here. Floor is yours. Yeah. Um, I'm going to shamelessly plug all my venues. Um, if I can so do that. <laughs> so anyone who's in the uh, DC area. So we, um, we own and operate CL, um, which is a lounge on top. It's a rooftop 
penthouse, uh, which is a lounge on top of the AC Hotel at the Convention Center. Um, we actually are doing our Cherry Blossom launch event tonight. I'm on my way there after this. Um, we also own Costas Rum Bar, which is really great. It's in West End. Um, we have mojito towers. So if anyone if anyone has a group of friends and they love mojitos, I feel like I don't know anywhere else that has mojito towers. So you have to try it. Um, we also own Heist, uh, which is a nightclub in Dupont on 18th Street. You know, it's on the Sturpa, the Sturpa clubs there. And then uh, Morris American Bar, which is my baby. Uh, Morris is right in the convention center and it's craft cocktails. It really is such a special place. Um, so yeah, those are those are where I'll be hanging out. If you ever if you ever want to find me and have it have a conversation, that's that's where you can find me. That's great. Um, thank you. And um, also um, social media website, all of that good stuff. Where they can check you out, all of that good yeah. stuff. Yeah, yeah. Um, so my social media, my Instagram is Meg Liz K. Um, you can also find me on TikTok, uh, Clink underscore one eighty two. You know, love a little pun uh website i actually took my took my website down a while ago um but you can uh, go to versus.com and, and see anything you want to see about our new projects coming up and that's well that's where all my work will be and there you have it folks i want to again thank megan clink for coming on to the podcast and i'm rob lee saying that there's arts and culture in and around your neck of the woods you've just got to look for it mm-hmm.